It's a Show with Greg Shannon is presented by the Jackpot Casino and OpenHighway.com. You ready? Yeah, right, I'm pushing play. Hi, this is Alan Reed, President and CEO of Keras, the Juno Awards and Music Counts, and you are listening to It's a Show. No question, absolutely my favorite podcast. And now another epically colossal It's a Show special guest interview. Greg, how are you? I am just stupendous. Thank you very much for asking, Alan, and how are you? I'm doing just fine, thanks. Thanks uh, for uh, making your weekend available. I appreciate it. It's a show. We are reaching Alan Reed, the president and CEO of the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, based in Toronto in his palatial mansion. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Well, thanks for taking the time out to do this. I've been chasing you down for a while and for good reason. We are in relentless pursuit of Jan Arden. We might as well get to that right off the top. Now, you discovered Jan Arden, or you signed her, or both? Both, actually. Yeah, Jan was my very first signing uh, 25 years ago when I first started doing A&R at A&M Records. Give the gift of music this season with A&M Records and tapes. The police, every breath you take, the singles, including Don't Stand So Close to Me. And Chris DeBerg's Into the Light with The Lady in Red. And the Human League's Crash with Human. Available at Towers, Wilco, and F.W. Woolworths. This is back in the time of, you know, the grunge explosion when Seattle was sort of dominating with, you know, Nirvana and Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. And I was a 24, 25-year-old A&R guy just learning the ropes. And, um... You know, for my first time, I wanted to sign a rock band, uh, but uh, was given a demo tape of Jan's by uh, her manager, Neil McGonigal, who had shopped her to every record company, every publisher, many, many times over and been rejected by all of them. But I was a new kid, so they tried one more time. Lo and behold, I sort of thought she had a nice voice, and I was sort of listening to the cassette. I got back and forth to work every day. I couldn't get through more than two or three songs at a time, even though I thought she had a nice voice. I thought the songs were a little depressing. And uh, being a young guy, I wanted to go sign a rock band as my first signing. And then I had a blowout fight with my girlfriend. Oh, boy. And the next morning, I get in the car, and Jan's tape just happened to be in the tape deck. Start up my car, gray, rainy day, driving up to Warden Avenue in Toronto, and the song called I Just Don't Love You Anymore came on. Just don't love you Like I used to Like before I just don't love you The way you want me to No, I don't love you And it ripped my heart out. 
And I literally got to the office, called my girlfriend, apologized about the fight, and then went, oh my God, this song, it totally spoke to me. And I put it on in the office and turned it up really loud. And within about 30 seconds, there was three people in my doorway all going, who's this? What a voice. And I was like, this is woman, Jan Arden. And all of a sudden, the other 13 songs in that cassette all of a sudden makes sense to me. And I literally called Neil, her manager at the time, and said, I get it. I'd love to come and see her play. And I hop in the plane a couple of days later out to Calgary to go see her show. And the rest is history. The rest is history. You exactly. Jan and I have uh, maintained a great relationship over the last 25 years. I've done every record with her. I left the A&R side uh, quite a few years back now, but uh, we still remain good friends and uh, thrilled to see her come to the Junos to host this year after 19 years when she last hosted. So was this your idea to, to bring her in as a host or a committee decision or how did that come? To be. Yeah, we're actually works from, uh, we have our board of directors as well as a broadcast committee that uh, is made up of our broadcaster, CTV, along with um, uh, Insight Productions, who produces the show. Um, but there's lots of conversations about every year who should host. And um, as we sort of, sort of looked at our options, and obviously being in Calgary this year, we just went, you know what, Jan would be an amazing host to bring back. It'd be 19 years since she'd last hosted. And then we added on uh, John Montgomery, for good measure, who's uh, almost a sort of on, uh, honorary uh, Calgary and Albertan seeing he lived there for 14 years when he was training for the Olympics. It's going to be a lethal combination. That's going to be such an extraordinary and funny show, I imagine. Yeah, absolutely. You're listening to It's a Show with Greg Shannon. We're here 24-7, 365 at It's a Show Podcast on iTunes and Facebook and at It's a Show Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So the Junos are coming up March 28th through April 2nd, something like that? Is that the deal? April 3rd is the actual broadcast, yes. But uh, Juno Week runs March 28th to April 3rd. What a strong lineup of talent, including in the country categories. Country Album of the Year this year. Autumn Hill for Anchor, Brett Kissel's Pick Me Up, Dean Brody, Gypsy Road, The Boys from High Valley with County Line, and Paul Brandt's got a brand new one called Frontier as well. So, Yeah, some good Alberta representation in those nominees. Absolutely, and Paul Brandt's uh, leading one of the songwriter circles during Juno Week. He is indeed on Sunday. And we should put a plug in for the Juno Fans Choice Award, which you can still vote for online, and I've been voting for Dean Brody. Because he's in there, and that is, he's up against Drake and Justin Bieber and Sean Mendes and The Weeknd. And it's yeah, it's, you know what, Greg, it's been probably, you know, again, I've been in this business for uh, over 25 years, and I don't think I've ever seen a time except for maybe in the mid 90s when Celine and Shania and Alanis and Sarah McLaughlin were dominating the charts. Seeing Canadian artists have this kind of, not just success in America, but globally. It's just, it's unprecedented um, to see The weekend and Drake and Bieber and, and Shawn Mendes and now Alessia Cara coming up. Literally all just, you know, having incredible careers, both here at home and, and, and all around the world. It's uh, absolutely amazing. To me, you have the coolest job in the entire world. <laughs> you know what? It is a great job. I, you know, from from a guy who spent most of his life finding talent and 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 making records with Canadian artists, I honestly feel like I'm at the pinnacle of my career. It is, it is an absolute honor to be, you know, heading up Karis, the Juno Awards, and Music Counts, our charitable arm, where you know we get to promote and celebrate the best artists this countries have. And, and not just the big ones in the pop side, but all genres of music. Like, literally, we have 41 categories from roots to, to blues to aboriginal to First Nations to francophone to metal to jazz, classical, you name it. Uh, it's all in there. So it is. It's pretty amazing to, to see so many you know, new artists every year getting nominated. And, and also, obviously, just 
you know, seeing artists who've had this kind of global success like we have this year. Earlier on, you referenced the committee and everybody and securing the broadcaster rights and all that stuff. I was speaking with a buddy of mine, Abby White, who's on the board for the CCMA. And yeah, I know Abby. Yeah, we just had a real candid conversation about the staggering cost of putting on a televised award show for any music genre. I don't think the general public or even internally with the artists and musicians they really grasp and probably don't have to. It's not part of their thing. But how much it really costs to put this on. Tell me about the value of partnerships. Well, I think there's, there's a couple things. One is, you know, there's the cost of putting it on, but also we get the same question all the time. So you guys put on the Juno Awards. What else do you do the first of the year? <laughs> and, and people don't realize, you know, with an organization like Karis, um, and the June Awards, we are more than just the broadcast. Um, you know, first off, we have music accounts, as I mentioned earlier, which is our, our music education charity. And this is a, a real importance to Karis and our membership and, and to the artist community that, you know, we believe that music education is fundamental and, and should be included in every child's education. Unfortunately, that's just not the case. The administration has to make tough decisions sometimes when it comes to school budgets. And oftentimes, music programs are the first things to get cut. You know, some people don't believe that it's as important as sort of, you know, the three R's. And we disagree. We think that, you know, giving a child a chance to pick up an instrument and learn to play is just is, is, is invaluable in their education and uh, should all get that opportunity. So for the last 19 years, Music Counts has been awarding school music programs uh, instrument grants. And to date, we've now put over $9 million of instruments into schools, literally over 700 schools from coast to coast to coast. And uh, so that's a big part of, of our mandate for First off is just, you know, at the ground level, making sure that that young people have an appreciation for music and, and get the chance to actually, you know, pick up an instrument and learn how to play. Are these grants open to anyone to apply or does it have to be in the year where the Junos are actually in Alberta for you to apply or how does that all work? No, it's a national program. So we've got a, we've got a couple different programs. The first one is the Band-Aid program and that is open to all uh, schools across uh, Canada. This year awarding $675,000 worth of instruments, um, which we'll be announcing very, very soon, all the winners of this year's program. That kicks off every September. And it's an application process. You just go to musiccounts.ca and look at it under our programs and click Band-Aid. And all the information is there on, on you know, how to apply and when it works. Um, but yeah, it'll kick off when the school year kicks off again in September. So we have that. Then we also have a, a very similar program, but for community centers. Um, our friends at TD Bank have become major sponsors of both the Junos and Music Counts. And we have a specific program with them where we'll put up to $250,000 a year into community music programs. Those grants are available up to $25,000. If you're a, a boys and girls club or you're running a, a hip-hop program at a, a local shelter or something like that, you can apply to us to to get funds to purchase the equipment to make that happen. And uh, the goal there is to make a real transformational difference in a, in a community. We're, we're coming into areas where we can really make a difference and make a difference to, to young people's lives through music. And so that one just launched, actually, um, for this new round of applications. We're making a major announcement about the TD community music program uh, during the Junos this year. And again, it'll be all the information will be on the website. Everything is on the website. Yeah. And I know you guys have worked together with the Gord Bamford Foundation because he's uh, obviously music changed Gord's life and he wants to give back. So he's been working through Music Counts and the Band-Aid program, correct? Yeah, Gord, I have to say, you know, I can't say enough enough good about Gord Bamford. You know, there's a lot of artists that, that come and support us and, and, you know, go to school visits and community centers and help us hand out instruments and things like that. But Gord did a lot more than that. 
that. Um, and this was extraordinary. Gord made a $100,000 contribution to music counts. Um, nice. And that is something we don't see all that often. There's, again, there's lots of artists who support, but it's incredible when an artist actually, you know, dips into their own pocket and, and supports us and, and helps us do what we need to do. Advanced steel guitar twang. Something strong I'm barely hanging on Leaning on a lonesome song has been absolutely fantastic. I've been out at his golf tournament in Red Deer uh, the last couple of years and, you know, we got to know each other uh, a couple of years back and, and as you said, obviously music has given him a, a, a wonderful life and he takes care of some other really great charities as well that have also impacted, you know, his family directly. It's, it's pretty amazing when you see an artist take their celebrity and do something good with it. Oftentimes we, we look at celebrities and, and sort of go, you know, we, we hold them up on a pedestal and sort of look at them in awe but, they're all people, and um, you know when when someone like Gord stands up and, and says, you know what, I'm having some success. Life is pretty good, but then to take that and go, well, what do I do with it? How can I help people? It's been I've given, come up to his golf tournament a couple of years, and I can't believe like they raised a half million dollars there last year, and that money all goes back to the charity. So it's uh, it's pretty incredible. It's a wonderful partnership with him. He's like the PK Subban of country singers, is what he is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's a show, the number one podcast on iTunes. We're pretty sure. Alan, correct me if I'm wrong, but Johnny Reed is another huge supporter of Music Counts. Yeah, you know what? Johnny is one of our Music Counts ambassadors, from, and he has just been incredibly supportive of, uh, of what we do. He's, like Gord, uh, sponsored a Teacher of the Year Award a few years back. Um, but this year, on his tour, um, we partnered up with an organization called Plus One. And what Plus One does, it, it works with artists and promoters and fans and they add $1 onto the ticket uh, of every ticket sold. And so Johnny, on his national tour, I think it's like 40-plus shows he's doing across Canada, is raising tens of thousands of dollars for music counts. And all of that will go into our Band-Aid program and go back into putting instruments into school music programs. So, yeah, Johnny's just uh, he's a wonderful human being and uh, has partnered with us uh, around this tour, and, and we couldn't be, uh, couldn't be happier and more appreciative. You know, for the people that showed up, in, in December at some wee pub in Winnipeg, you know, and sat, they were the only people there. And they looked up and they came up to me after the show and they would say, hey, you're gonna make it. Like, I, I thought about the people in that moment, you know, I, I was like, you know something, I owe it to that woman to allow her to watch her telly, watch her TV, and say, I know it, I was right. You know, I felt like that. So I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, God, this would be brilliant if I could just win this, you know. And then when they read my name, um, I, I, I felt like I, uh, it's a kind of crazy feeling, but I kind of felt like I, I had arrived. I had felt like, okay, I'm here. As a wee boy growing up in Glasgow, Scotland, I had dreams of uh, telling my stories, playing my music and singing my songs. Uh, it's taken a long, a long time to get up to here to accept this wonderful award. But I have enjoyed every moment and I thank every single soul and every heart that has helped me along the way. God bless you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, it was a, it was a very special moment for me, so uh, definitely something I'll never forget.
He's such an interesting artist because country, the genre, can't hold him. He's everywhere. He's all genres. He's all things to all people. And from the looks of the house I saw in the background of his wife's tobogganing video when they were going down the hill, has a, a very, very, very large abode that I, I really can't stop thinking about for some reason. That's because he's got lots of kids. Yeah. That's why he's got a big house. It's like, a, it's like an orphanage. That's what's happening. <laughs> All right. Well, Alan, this is awesome to get to know a little bit about what you guys do. Now, back to the partnership issue, there is a lasting impact. If your city hosts the Junos, there is a huge wallop of dollars that surround that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the economic impact that, that uh, we see sort of city to city ranges somewhere between 10 and $12 million per city. Uh, we do a study after every Juno Awards, and there's additional studies like, you know, what we do just with, with the impact of music counts on top of that. When a city hosts the Junos, there's an extra focus by music counts to make sure that we're reaching out to schools in that area, both uh, schools and community centers, to make sure that those areas are getting the benefit of, of the music education side as well. But larger than that, yeah, you know, there's no question. It's a massive traveling roadshow. And as I was saying earlier, sort of people see the broadcast and they think, well, that's what it is. But it's so much more than that. You know, there's literally a week-long list of activities that happen around the Junos, whether it's, you know, our kickoff party that starts on the Thursday night. This year we have Juno Jam um, with Gord is actually performing on that along with Brett Kissel and a number of other artists. That'll sort of get things kicked off. We've got the Juno Cup. There's the Songwriter Circle on the Sunday. We've got the Juno Gala Dinners Awards on Saturday night. We've got Fanfare for all the kids to come out and meet fans. There's even Junior Junos for the really young kids to come out and see all the um, children's nominees. There's lots of stuff going on throughout the, throughout the course of the week. And also just the big thing is, you know, cities vie to get us to come because they usually want to, they want to do something with music. They want to show that their city is a music city. And this has uh, really taken on a lot of significance. And obviously, you know, being in Calgary this year, you can see that focus. You know, Mayor Nenshi, when he was at the Junos in Hamilton, declared 2016 the year in music for Calgary and, and wanted to use the Junos as sort of a national spotlight to shine on Calgary and that local music scene. There's a you know huge uh, event going to be coming this summer with the opening of the National Music Center. And so Calgary felt this is the right time to bring the Junos back to the province, as did the government of Alberta. And so, you know, we're thrilled to be back in Calgary. It was 2008. We were there last year. But it's the same for every city. They sort of have a, a, a time and a place where the Junos make sense. Um, and they come forward and approach us and say, look, we really feel that bringing the Junos to our community will, will make a, a real impression. But there's usually always a music strategy that goes with that. And that, uh, that, again, is a big part of what we're trying to create is we don't want to just sort of roll into a city and put on a big show and leave. We want to make sure there's a legacy that, that remains in that city. And, and, you know, again, Music Counts is one big part of that from the, uh, the charitable factor, but also making sure that the province and the city and tourism really feel the benefit of what music can actually do for a host city. The It's a Show podcast is on, brought to you by OpenHighway.com and the world-famous Jackpot Casino in beautiful downtown Red Deer. Our special guest is the president and CEO of the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, the catalyst behind Music Counts as well. His name is Alan Reed, and he was formerly entangled with Jan Arden in a business sense, and <laughs> signing her to A&R <laughs> Records back in the day, and started her entire journey to fame and fortune. Alan, I got to get back to the relentless pursuit of Jan Arden. How can we get to Jan in a nice, professional manner? <laughs> <laughs> Before the Junos is going to be really, really tough because she actually just uh, headed out on tour as well. She's actually doing a stop here in Red Deer at the Memorial Center at the end of March here. Oh, perfect. There you go. So well, I know she's she's out on the road, so that's going to be your best opportunity when she comes through the market for sure. Yeah, I just don't know how to put my hand up without being that annoying kid in the front row. And, you know, that's why I'm kind of going behind the scenes and talking to legendary and influential figures like you. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we'll see what we can do to help you out, uh, Greg, and see if we can uh, get you in touch with her management team and uh, see if there's some time she can find for it when she rolls through uh, rolls through uh, Red Deer. That would be tremendous. I would really appreciate it. And maybe if you could work with the Juno writers for the TV show, just so on one of the cue cards, there's a bit of a It's a Show podcast shout out, just something minor. It doesn't have to be long. Just we'll, we'll make sure that's done. Just Absolutely. Quick thing is all I'm thinking. <laughs> hey, one thing I will say also to your listeners, the show is virtually sold out. Mm-hmm. Um, we were down to just a, literally a handful of tickets, and um, we just released a whole new group of fantastic seats for the Juno Awards that come from our sort of uh, industry nominee holds. So we've just released some great new seats. So if someone is thinking about going to the Juno Awards, there are a brand new group of seats, fantastic seats that were just released. What would the average ticket price be? For one of these, uh, it ranges from thirty nine dollars to one hundred and forty nine dollars. Um, the majority of the seats that were just released, I believe, are in the ninety nine to one hundred and forty nine price range. Most of the, uh, the the cheaper seats have already sold out. There likely will be some other releases once we get into the venue and start building the actual set design. We have things called production holds where we've held certain areas of the arena for you know slightly obscured views because of a uh, you know a camera might be in front or, or whatever else. So once we get into the venue and the stage is all built, we'll probably have a few more releases of other seats closer to the actual broadcast as well. And what an amazing experience that's going to be. I mean, the Junos last time we were in Calgary, 2008. So every eight years, you get this chance to see these legendary acts and this incredible show that a lot of time and attention to detail has been done with, you know? Yeah, there's no, honestly, there's not too many shows like this. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a live music experience. There's going to be, you know, uh, 12 different performers on stage wow. performing that night, but also just to, to take part in a national television show and, and see how that all comes together and is happening live right there. Pretty, it's pretty amazing. The energy in the Saddle Dome will be just crazy. And uh, as you know, the lineup for the show is going to be amazing. So it's not very often you get to see all those artists coming through one location. So uh, definitely, if you've got the time and, and you've got a Sunday night available, come on down and take it in. Not often that the president and CEO of the Canadian Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences gets to invite you personally to a show, but that just happened, folks. So you're welcome from It's a Show. And Alan, thank you very much for lending your time and uh, insights into this year's Juno Awards, Music Counts, and all the power that that has for young people. Uh, we really appreciate it around here, and thanks for helping us out with the relentless pursuit of Jan Arden, too. My pleasure, Greg. I'm Cassie Hotpants-Suresh saying thanks for listening to this week's epic episode of It's a Show. Hey, this is Alan Reed, president of the June Awards, and I could even be Johnny Reed's brother by chance or long-lost cousin. You're listening to It's a Show. You ready? Yeah, right, I'm pushing play. Oh my goodness. Right, so I have to tell you, before I went, walked on stage, I spilled this big drink all over my T-shirt. So I'm actually wearing nothing under this white jacket and I was sweating my arse off on stage. I could have probably afforded to lose a few pounds before this this shoot, you know. They say the camera puts about 10 pounds on you, but here it looks like there's about seven or eight cameras on me, you know. (laughs) Now this is me. I look like a bullet in this one, look at me. Yes. Oh, I love this. This was wonderful. This was definitely one of the one of the highlights for me uh, in Canada, being able to sing for this many people. Uh, we are my friends on stage, singing a song that means means the world to me, which is today I'm going to try and change the world. You know, amazing, great. Well, thanks for taking me a walk through the past. Right. Jeez, the frosted tips were good though.
It was a different time. It was a different... Listen, you can't judge a man for that. You know no, what I mean? Can't. I was just trying to enjoy my hair while I have it. You know? The last one. <laughs> <laughs> the last one.